What is up, everyone? Welcome to Jammers in the Rough. You have the best host out of all three, Josh here. Cody and Paige decided to take a leave of absence from the show tonight. Who knows what they're doing, but who cares? Because we have a special guest tonight, John Wolf. Uh, welcome, John. Uh, why don't you tell the what viewers up, buddy? a little bit? Of, tell the viewers a little bit about yourself. <clears throat> What up, guys? My name is John Wolf. I've uh, actually just started playing disc golf about four years ago, and this year I finally released my uh, first, uh, yeah, uh, sponsorship, <laughs> and it's actually been really freaking cool so far. Um, I live in a little little town called Albion, Indiana. I've got. A wife and two kids, two little beautiful girls that just run my world, man. Heck and, yeah, man. Uh, it's been crazy, man. I'm making a switch all the way to, up to all Lone Star or 90% Lone Star from a mixed bag. And it's it's wicked. I've never yeah. once thought about containing my life to one company. Yeah, you know, it definitely is a change. But like, so you've been playing for four years and you just got picked up by Lone Star. That was recently, right? Yep. Yeah. Uh, two months ago now. Two months ago. Uh, what's uh, so? Your bag is what ninety percent? Is that what you said? Lone Star. Yep. I'm a ninety percent Lone Star with uh, full Lone Star conditioning. So pretty much, bag needs to say Lone Star. Uh, my jerseys and everything will be Lone Star, and I present myself in a Lone Star manner. Heck yeah! So uh, you know, switching from having a mixed bag to like one almost one hundred percent one brand how's how's that going like how's that switch was it a big learning curve going from what you were throwing before to all lone star yeah it's been a big learning curve and it's actually been really kind of hard too because i'm a beef thrower so like i went yeah. from throwing a lot of innova and uh dismania and innova made dismania and i'm coming from like pd2s and throwing like the splice and the till actually throwing them and throwing stuff like the md5s and lone star has a lot of neutral flying drivers and stuff like that yeah so i mean it's really nice for good for all the all around players but it's really hard for someone with beef and someone with a really big arm to dumb his arm down rather than to find the disc that fits in that selection. And right now there's just certain things that are missing, which I'm sure they're out there. I just have yet to come in contact with some of them. Yeah. What's the beefiest disc that you have right now from Lone Star? Uh, the beefiest is probably the Chupacabra or the Walkers. Chupacabra Walker. Okay. And those are drivers. Yeah, uh, Chupacabra is a driver. It's a fairway, so it's your, I believe it's a nine-speed. And then your walker is your five-speed mid. Okay. So it's more like, um, so I threw, whenever I threw for that spot before I was throwing Legacy, I threw a Legacy Badger. Oh, yeah, yeah. And yeah. it's really overstable, you know, about 100 foot. You're definitely coming out of whatever angle you threw it at, and you're going on that hyzer angle. Heck yeah, yeah. We've we've uh, you know we've seen a lot of people being picked up by by Lone Star, and we've got to have somebody on that was sponsored by him. So I'd love uh, to hear more about your disc, man. And like I think you, we talked about doing like an in the bag, kind of what you're throwing right now, and kind of how they throw. Because I think a lot of people, Lone Star is still kind of getting their name out there. They're doing a really good job at marketing. You know, getting a lot of good players beyond, uh, behind their name and 
um, you know, such as yourself. Uh, so I love to kind of see what your bag looks like and what you're throwing and why you throw it. Yeah, man, uh, that'd be awesome. So uh, there's one thing that, like I said earlier, you know, I'm at a 90% bag. So I throw 19 uh, Lone Star discs and then the two discs that I'm allowed. And I really hope that they don't be, get upset at me. But the most discs I throw in a tournament are my putters, and I cannot leave the Latitude Sense Hopes. Man, they are just amazing. They are a P2 with more glide, and I've putted with a P2 forever. And it's oh, just, really a P2 with more, more glide. Yep, just it literally physically has one more glide, and that's oh, okay. it. <laughs> and you can notice it though, like throwing a P2 yeah. going to the Hopes, yeah. I do. So like at 30 footers, I was always hitting, I was sitting right out of the hand, right at basket high, right in mid chains. And then it was like 30, 30, 35 footers. It was just sinking and hitting right at the top band or just barely making it in with these. I released at the exact same point and I hit right at the same point. Like they do stay in the air a little bit more. Heck yeah. And I have a really big spin putt too. So I know that I also put a lot of, I always put a lot of spin on it. Like my putts come in hard. I won't <laughs> yeah. lie. Like my biggest problem actually is probably hitting dead center and spitting straight out from hitting the pole or something like that. Yeah. I, I like, I pulled back. I used to be a spin putter and I, I tried to do it, but because my aim wasn't the greatest that I just throw that thing so damn fast. And it just, if I missed the chains, now I'm, you know, 50 past. Damn yep. It. Now I'm like a three putt, and you know, no one loves the three putt. <laughs> see, I learned in my see, I'm so I'm my big thing that I think uh, helps me be able to progress my game. So I'm ADHD, and I over obsess over things. And math and angles were my number one thing in like school, like geometry, chemistry, and anything with numbers were my thing. And so it was just like this game really fits well with me. Well, whenever I learned about spin and snap, I learned watching Simon, how he controlled that with, if you're still going to have that real big spin putt, throw it up there when you do it. Put those real big, lofty, high push spin putts out. Yeah. And that kills a lot of the speed. So if I'm ever scared of that, I thankfully can still rely on that little float, float putt down. Yeah. But literally just watching stuff like that, like without watching people do that, like and being able to see why it happened, how it happened, it makes a lot more understanding for me than it does for a lot of other people normally. Yeah. Well, like so so, so we found it to like, you know, help. Like does does uh does it help your ADHD when you're playing disc golf? Does it help like focus down and get things done when you're when you're disc golfing? Yeah, I can definitely focus a lot more like disc golfing um, only because I'm not focused on just like one thing that I enjoy. Because if I'm just sitting here focusing on like something little that I enjoy, I, I can still easily get sidetracked. But when I'm focusing on multiple different things at once that I enjoy, like I said earlier, like math and uh, physics, you know, dealing with the flight control and all that. And I'm out playing something that's actually fun for me. It's a multiple thing. So my, my brain it wants to be there. Yeah. And it's actually nice that it wants to be in one spot at one time for once. Yeah. <laughs> at least yeah, for a little while. Could, this call can definitely help in so many areas, you know, like, you know, depression, anxiety, you know, ADHD. Like, there's so many things that this call has, like, helped people with. And that's the beautiful part about it. Oh, yeah. And especially, like, I, I noticed, like, uh, my big one was, like you said, you know, even depression. Um, 
also have bipolar. So, like, even just meeting a lot of the people, like, my first time ever going out on a disc golf course without my buddies that taught me how to play disc golf with the six-pack every time we went out to play, you know. (laughs) And I just started meeting random people out on the course. Everyone was just so freaking kind and just so nice. Of course, you still had those Paul McBeths, you know, that had that little (laughs) nose up there just a little bit. But, you know, most 90% of people were just so kind and generous to give out their information and the stuff that they have learned throughout the walk, just like the little tools that help them. They might not help everyone. They might not be proper for the disc golf community. Like uh, the biggest one that I even noticed that helps me whenever I was very first learning how to throw a turnover, I couldn't do it. I, I was holding the disc like this, but I couldn't throw a turnover. But if I put my hand up here, and I'd done my reach back, even though I'm still naturally turning the disc back to where it's supposed to be whenever I've released, it was just something in my head that made that turnover happen like that. Heck yeah. Um, yeah, it's cool when you like you get somebody's tip and you kind of like adjust, like, all right, I hear what you're doing. I know what I do. Now I'm going to try kind of a variation of it. You find something that works, and then, you know, those tips are awesome to get for sure. Yeah, and it's really cool to see them in action. Like when someone's telling you about it and then you actually put it and implement it yourself, it's just like, holy crap, that does work. Even if it's, again, not for everyone, but for me, that's just crazy. Yeah. Well, heck yeah, man. So those are the putters. And before we go on, I want to, I'm going to make a little comment here. Uh, Dude almost never talks. Time for the Josh takeover. Hell yeah, it's time for the Josh takeover because Paige isn't here to keep talking. That boy talks way too much. (laughs) Yeah, I, I gotta talk shit with it right here. Yep. Hey, you're daggone right, you do. Yeah. It would be jammers in the rough without it, buddy. Right. Let's see the rest of that bag. All right, man. Now we'll go on to putters. So I can honestly say I will always have more putters in my bag than mids. I I don't like mids. I throw a putter as far and as controllable as my mids. So I'm just like I like I said, I throw putters. Oh heck yeah. Um, but we start out with my straight putter, my penny. So this the penny? is a glow, the glow penny with a really cool freaking Abraham Lincoln cyber, cyborg stamp. Oh, yeah, that's a cool one. Uh, sure. that's, this one right here, if I'm going for distance, I throw it on that little hyzer, man, and it just flips up flat and just carries dead straight forever. Or if I'm facing any headwind at all, or I can literally just throw that thing dead straight without throwing it at 100% and it will just carry dead straight even in that headwind. It don't matter. Uh, I found that their glow plastic is actually, and it's weird to me, but it's it's kind of flexy. It's flexible. It's it's gummy-ish, so it's more like kind of like an S-line, yeah, but yeah. it's introduced into the glow. Huh. Yeah, I've noticed it on a couple of uh, like Lone Star discs that I've uh, been able to touch that word glow that it's like it's a weird kind of gummy it's like super yeah. flexible it feels really good in the hand though it does and it's actually and what i really enjoy and i'm always scared about flippy flexi flexible discs because whenever i get my reach back and i pull through i'm sometimes i give that extra little yank right there and it's like i feel that flop in my hand and i, I grip and it's just like, oh, man, well, if that disc wasn't so floppy, like G-Star. I can't throw anything G-Star. It yeah. does not work. Uh, but these plastics, I don't know how. They're soft, but they're just not 
that soft that they flop at all in the wind. And even like this next disc I'm showing, this is uh, so I carry a couple of these in my bag. So this is a glow armadillo or glow dillo. Okay. And then I got my V2 dillo. So it's oh, a one right. speed mm-hmm. with a, a crazy speed. thumb track, kind of like a slammer. Okay. And these ones are amazing. So these things are understable. It's your understable Berg. It's okay. literally understable Berg. Okay. Yeah. So I'd see Berg as a neutral flyer mainly. If you throw it hard enough, it will get that slight little finish to the right. But mm-hmm. this one, if you just throw it dead straight and hard, it will just stay going right. It won't come back. It's not even going to try to. So if you want it to go straight, you got to give it that little hyzer flip on full power. Or if you're just going nice and easy for, like, your upshots, man, this thing. I threw a – actually, every Tuesday we played league. And this I got this new Dillo uh, for my birthday because it happened to be Tuesday this year. Yeah, happy birthday, and, uh, man. Thanks, man. Yeah, this yeah. one is a little bit harder. And we was facing some winds and rain. It was 35-mile-an-hour winds and freaking pouring down rain. And we was out just <laughs> having a good time, man. Well, uh, got about 120 foot out. And uh, <laughs> we're playing doubles. And my buddy that was playing against us, he's coming from down the hill. He goes, oh, our, my partner already threw. You guys can go ahead. We're like, no, we're going to wait for you because whenever I throw this in, I don't want to, you know, upset you. <laughs> all right, all right, whatever. So we waited for him. He got down and threw, and my partner threw, and I get up, and I just ring it in. Forehand turnover, and it just held that dead line straight in on that turn. And that's what I use them for. Uh, I'm a big forehand approach guy. Okay. Um, I, if I'm 200 foot, 300 foot out after the tee, probably throwing a forehand. Um, I will gladly throw the backhand. I'm really good with it. I just feel more safe always with that forehand at that two, 300 range. My backhand is the three fifty four five six hundred foot range, yeah. you know? So it's, I like to use it and keep it both styles for my arm and keep it both uh, opportunities for my arm to be safe and not overwork them, especially during big tournaments, two, three days, you know, those get really taxing on your body. Yeah. But... So there's for the Dillos. Like I said, that was my understable. And then go to the stable. I went to the Copperhead. The cup so this one's... 3402? Three, three, yep, 3402. And just like the Dillo, this one's a little bit smaller. Let me try okay. to get it on film. But it's got a little thumb track right here. You could just barely see Oh, yeah, it. yeah, yeah. It's a lot smaller than the, the Dillo. But it's actually, honestly, really nice for that forehand approach it it doesn't get too much in the way from my i throw a two seam okay Mm -hmm. mostly and it doesn't get in the way and it's really nice i thought because i used to throw the slammer the slacky slammer hated the thumb track Mm -hmm. and for power and this one right here it's like it they dumbed it down just enough that you can still get a lot of power on it and it doesn't get in my way I personally enjoy that. It doesn't get in my way. <laughs> and then the last putter is probably my most, will be my most thrown putter out of my bag. And it is the Benny. I got this one. The Benny. Yep. So I also have the one that you sent me. I have. Have you started yet? I have not. Okay. I have uh, 
So I got this one, and I was like, all right, I'm going to beat this one in to freaking to nullify completely because this one's just a little bit overstable. My buddy mm-hmm. has one of the infinite ones like you had, and I've had a chance to throw that one, and it's just dead straight. So I'm waiting okay. for that. I'm saving that one for in case anything happens to my penny and I need another dead straight putter. Oh, heck so, yeah. Like I said, this one's just a little bit overstable, and it flies. It's a P2 with a bead. So oh, okay. it's almost – I would say like a P2X, like the old P2Xs, but the bead isn't as big. So it's more like a uh, Challenger bead than a, a P1X or P2X bead. Yeah, not bad, not bad. Yeah, I've heard really good things about the Benny. Yeah, it's really cool to hear about the this Lone Star disc. It's like the one, one of the companies that like I don't have very much experience whatsoever with. So to hear about like what they have and, and the flights of them is really cool. So, yeah, I actually one thing I really enjoyed whenever I first uh, decided to go with Lone Star, I knew nothing. I knew none of their discs. I literally watched Nico and uh, uh, Emerson's in the bag, and I know how Emerson throws, and I have more of an Emerson arm than a Nico arm, and only because I don't use as much as my torso, I guess, as Nico does. I generate more from the hips and legs and, you know, with the follow-through. So I don't have that rounded swing like Nico does, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. And so I followed a lot of Nico stuff, um, or a lot of Emerson stuff while going through the bag. But, yeah, I was just like you, man. I had no clue what the heck. The only thing I knew to do is hope that the freaking flight numbers were right and you and i both know how that works man right (laughs) you can get six discs that came from the exact same pressing and they all fly the the different you know it's just like yeah how but yeah it's been definitely been a journey and i can't wait to see what they're doing because they're still just coming along lone star themselves so i can't wait to see where their next future molds are going and what they plan on doing from here. I mean, heck, they just signed so many different, but including the Ranger team, the uh, between the Ranger team, the tournament team, and the elite team or founders team, which is the Emerson, Keith, and Nico, and then all the big names. So, uh, with all those teams that they've just signed, I'm really, really, really going to be. Uh, surprised to see how big they're going to blow up because I have a feeling they've got something big that they're hiding. Yeah, I'm surprised if they have so many molds like this early in the game. Like, they're they're pumping them out. They um, definitely are. And uh, I feel like the help with having the, tril- the not trilogy, but the Trinity Sisterhood with uh, so it is Lone Star, Hooligan, and Sacred Discs. So they are. Oh, okay. I, I did so not know they that. Are all three uh, combined. So it's all, um, oh, it's all manufactured by Lone Star, but Hooligan has discs that are manufactured by Lone Star with their own molds. Um, mm-hmm. Sacred Disc is getting ready to release some. And then there's actually one other one, and my buddy also uh, sponsored by them, and that's Black Zombie. Oh, yeah. And so Black Lone Zombie. Star actually makes their disc too. Oh, that's, so with, that's good to know. Yeah, black, the Black Zombie crew, that's a fun That's a fun crew. I like those guys. Oh, yeah, I've got a couple of Black Zombie boys here in Fort Wayne yeah. area. So, <laughs> yeah, uh, with that and the uh, 
a black zombie, so therefore, like, I'm legally allowed to throw all four of those companies, and they're included in the 90% in my bag also. So oh, that's sweet. one thing that's really cool with working with Lone Star, too. So any of their sister companies, uh, I'm more than welcome to carry in my bag as my 90%. Unfortunately, don't have any of those yet, but soon, soon. All right, back to the bag. Next, we're going to go mid-ranges. So I carry two of these ones because, as I was saying earlier, they're amazing. They are the Walkers. And What's these the are 5304. Oh, okay, little beefcakes. Oh, yeah, beefcakes, definitely. And one is Alpha and one is Bravo plastic. So here's your Bravo plastic. Oh, It's a flimsy oh. S-line. It's a swirl, <laughs> real swirly S-line. So real yeah. beautiful swirls in it. Super flexible, too. Yep, and then you got your Alpha. So you got a little bit stiffer, a little bit stiffer plastic, but mm -hmm. still got that exact same feel to where it's nice. It's soft, but it's not so soft that it's G-Star. It's more uh, S-Line. Okay. And then... A newest addition to the bag, and I love it the most. So I threw the Origin from Dismania before for my flippy mid, and so I picked up the Lone Wolf. Let's see what's that one got. Five five neg three one. Woo! Super oh yeah, that's my. Hi <laughs> oh yeah, I Heiser flip, Heiser flip turnover. I don't know why. Well, I do know why. I can control a Heiser like a monster. And I know that <laughs> I love releasing like this, like that. If I can release like this, I'm good. I know my disc is going to do what it's supposed to do because I put these discs in my bag for that reason. Like I know yeah. that like with that, if I throw it dead straight on that freaking hyzer release, it's going to carry about 80 foot and it's going to go right. And so I use that, throw it hundred foot high and just let it carry with that height, you know, it takes out a little bit of that understability, allows the mm -hmm. one fade to kick in, you know. <laughs> yeah, and like the polar opposite of the walker, like like yeah. the other side of yep. the spectrum there. Yeah. Exactly. And again, like I said, that's only for ones that I can't if I've got big airspace up high, instead of throwing that forehand up, I will throw that big backhand and try and get some space and clearance out to the right if I can. Instead yeah. of just having to go for that placement shot. And that's literally the only reason for carrying it. <laughs> because, I, like I said, I'll throw my understable uh, putters well before I throw that most of the time. All right, and then we move up to the loneliest section in my bag. Actually, I lied. My, my mids and fairways have the same amount. I only have three of each. This one right here is my FD3 replacement. I still don't know if it's quite FD3. I think it's more Firebird for me. It is the Mad Cat. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. I like the picture on it. I love this stamp. It is hilarious. <laughs> Reminds me of like yeah, that one's amazingly hilarious. This one is also Bravo plastic. And that, again, those color swirls. Hey, what are the numbers on, on that one? That one, actually, I will have to look up real quick. Yeah, once, uh, like, once Thought Space released the, uh, I will butcher this name, the Coalesce, 
like that became like my my FD3 replacement. That thing is so good to throw. I have this one hole on my home course um, that's like really close to my house, like a little nine hole. Uh, there's one shot, and it's like this little window through these trees, and it's like an you have to do like a forehand S curve to go around the tree to get out to the to the opening where the basket is, and I am just dialing this shot in. I'm so close to making that ace. It's it's gonna happen soon. That's sick, dude. I can't wait. You definitely gotta let me know as soon as that does happen because that'll be I'm let the world crazy. know. <laughs> <laughs> I heard that one. Okay, so the Madcat is a nine five zero two. Okay. So it's got it's got a little bit of a fade at the end, but is it, is it does it fly beefier than than those numbers? It flies a little beefier than the number. I feel like it flies more kind of like unfortunately hate it well no it's not really like that i'd, I'd kind of say actually it's more like a night strike one. Oh, okay if you really okay. want to think about it but with over stability like a uh, actual little bit of two fade so it does fly kind of straight but in this bravo plastic it, it has a little bit more of the stability, I've noticed in their glow plastic, it 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 is an FD three night strike or FD one night strike. Sorry. But yeah, right, that so one. So we got the FD three replacement with that one. What was the name of that one again? Madcat. 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 <clears throat> and then I've got my FD one replacement, and this one's the Lariat. It's a nine five neg one one. Oh, that looks like a fun one to throw. Nine, that's like the that full flight disc. You just, you know, you get that full flight. How, how's it fly? Is it is it understable, overstable? Is it it's understable. So I throw it on a hyzer yeah. flip, and it just goes dead straight. And okay. I can throw it full force. But it's it's, I'd say it's still a pretty steep hyzer. So I'm more here. Out the release mm-hmm. and it will flip dead straight. Now, if again, if I throw it flat and I give it nice, uh, say band height out the hand, it will turn and it'll still come back. The only thing about the comeback is it's not more of a, a angle change, it just slowly comes back. Okay, so like if you have it straight, it'll even just barely fade like the FD original FDs. That's a good shot to have, though, especially in the woods. Yeah. Yeah, especially in the woods. Yeah, it's something you can throw 70, 50, 70%, nice, controlled, complete, accurate, and just know where it's going to go. Something you don't have to worry about. Oh, if I freaking throw this, it's just going to end left. No, Mm -hmm. as long as you throw it flat, it's going to go straight, you know, 50, 70% flower, just no problem. And then last but not least, this one is... I want to say it how <laughs> Emerson, Keith, and Nico both said, this is the beefiest firebird in the world. <laughs> so everyone's like, oh, man, that's just a firebird. It's a chupacabra. It's just a 9304. Okay. And yeah, like, yeah. No, it's an enemy from Legacy, if you ask me personally. <laughs> um, it's, it, again, it's like if you took a firebird and you made it metal flake, pretty much. So it is a lot more overstable. Um, 
Again, maybe once I beat it in, maybe I do get more of that Firebird-esque flight out of it. But right now, still under a 1,000 throws, it's definitely uh, way more overstable than any Firebird I've ever thrown. <laughs> well, it did say it's the beefiest one. But, but that's well, it for the fairways. <laughs> What's Ooh, crazy now the, is that's... Now, now the big guys. Yeah. Now the big guys. Now let we me, get let me know. Uh, let me know which one got you that distance record when you show it. Yep, I will. Those will be dead last. Okay. So I got that in two different plastics. So we'll start out first with my PD2 replacement. So PD2 was I've thrown that ever since I started. I bought some off the Discmania website whenever it first, whenever I first started back when you could actually buy signature series and stuff for a couple months at a time on the website. Mm-hmm. And I, my first ones was Skyrider. That is your Skyrider. That is called a Bowie. A Bowie. Okay. Oh, oh wrong way. There we go. Woo. So it's like a PD2 overstable. You know it's going to yep. come back. Exactly. It'll fly straight for a little while, but it's definitely going to come back, and it's going to have that final fade. Awesome. It's, there's no question on it. And then your first and second run PDs. So this is your Warbird. Warbird? Yep, your Warbird's numbers are 12-6, Meg-1-3. Okay. 12-6, Meg-1-3. It's like, it's like pushing like DD-3. Almost, and I feel like it does kind of fly like a DD3, but I feel like it's more like that first-run PD1, like that Simon mm-hmm. used to love, the, his old, old, old orange one that he used to love on. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's that one that if you throw it as hard as you can, dead flat, it's going to turn a little, but it's going to come back hard. And I really don't know why they only put a 3 bait on there because I feel like it's like more like a 3.5-4 area. Um. It definitely fights back hard. Like I said, it's it's got more of that PD fight back than the DD3 slow comeback, in my opinion. Okay. These ones right here will be your DD3s. So this is a Nimitz. It's your 11.5 Neg 1.3, but it definitely flies faster. It will not turn at all unless you throw the poop out of this thing, man. <laughs> like, you got to haul it with that one. This one I've just put in the bag recently, too, and just, like, most recently with the uh, uh, Lone Wolf from earlier. Still just learning it. I don't know if I'll keep it in the bag. That's uh, This one is probably the only questionable disc I have in the bag that I don't know if I will keep, only because I have two other discs that I'm actually about to show you right now, and they fit really close and similar in the same line. And, again, this is my only, not issue, but... This is my only thing that I'm coming up on with uh, Lone Star is these next four discs I'm going to show you. They're so close in flight numbers, and even their flights is so close that it's kind of hard to pick from either of those rather than being able to have the option to pick from a little beefier model of them. Yeah, yeah. So, So you got the Nimitz is one of those. Okay. And then you've got the Bayonet. So you got your little bit faster. 13, 5, neg 2, 2. Okay, that's... that's is that, how's that one fly? Is that similar that to the Nimitz? That one is more your DD3. That more one is DD, more okay. your DD3, yeah. So, 
I feel that flies a little more like a 12-speed, so it'll pick up on that neg 2. It'll turn a little bit sooner than I feel a 13-speed would normally fly. Again, I feel this and the Nimitz could probably switch uh, flight numbers other than that neg 2 fade, and it'll probably be just about accurate. Uh, like I said, I feel like the Bayonet's probably more of a high 12 or a high 11, low 12-speed. Okay. Um, and I've got that one again in Bravo Plastic, and then... So with one of the amazing perks of being on Team Lone Star, you get uh, what's known as uh, disc allotment. So I get four discs a year. I get one per quarter. And the second quarter disc I got was uh, Emerson Keith Bayonet. His founder series is what they call it. So it's tournament series. Does that fly so with the your... other one? So this one actually right here will die. Just it'll go dead straight. And about 200 foot, it has that really late fade. So the other bayonet, it'll start its fade like about 100, 150 foot in. It starts a little bit sooner. This one's with that uh, metal flake. It's got that extra very little bit of beef early in the flight. And it's actually very helpful for me because it doesn't flip up on that hyzer real fast. If you throw it on that hyzer, it flips up nice and slow. So it'll help you get around that corner slowly and then just flip up go straight so it really helps actually with like corner freaking shots so you throw it straight at it on the hyzer and it just slowly starts to pick, pick up and want to turn and like I said the other bit the Bravo Bay Nut so your Bravo is going to be like I said your earlier like your S line it's just going to pick up just a little sooner okay and then my most neutral flyer fast speed disc that I have is the Seguin it's a 13503 Okay, I like the the halo on that one. That one's cool looking. Yeah, this one's got a real beautiful halo. Let's see if yeah. I can actually dumb it down just a little bit. There it is. It's like a sherbet ice cream. Yeah. <laughs> and here, I'll try and block the number real quick. But here's probably one of the coolest things that I have. So, uh, last year in December, uh, my buddies and I were on our way down south for a uh, EDM festival inside a cave in Pelham, Tennessee. It's called the Caverns. Well, uh, his name was Charles the First, right here too. Um, <laughs> he had passed away. He was going to be the artist we was going to see. Man, he passed away the night before. Oh, well, uh, his symbols just a little crown, and when he passed, they put a halo on it. So uh, I got my own stamp made for my discs, and I went ahead and incorporated that with it. Oh, that's sick. I like that, man. That's really cool. Uh, I got really, really, really tired of writing on discs. I yeah, have horrible, yeah. childish handwriting, so I know I'll never get any of my most of my discs <laughs> back because I yeah. can't write. Yeah, it got some good and, meaning behind it. It's good. I like it. Yeah, man. And then my very last two discs I got for you guys tonight are my favorite, and these things crush. Uh, I was telling Josh earlier, I have a new distance record with these. They're at six hundred. And 70 foot, 78 exactly, but 670 foot. And these are your curls. So there's so your these, glow curl. This is the one you got the that distance one on it. Is that what you just said? Yep. These so are my distance runs. Yeah, dude, that's such a long distance to throw. In, to throw. That's cool, man. The numbers on these are 11, 5, neg 1, 2. 11, 5, neg 1, 2. Okay. That's, that's I like those numbers. But yeah, like, see, like, like we talked about, numbers, numbers don't mean shit because like every different right. is different. Like, but that's cool that 
the baseline. Yeah, and these ones are a perfect there. example. Like I said earlier, you know, Bravo normally flip is a lot flippier plastic. This is the beefiest Bravo plastic that they make, like have ever made. And this is the curl. So this is the beefiest curl. It's something that everyone wants. And I got so lucky, just like you did for me. One of my other buddies was like, hey, I played in a Old Man Worlds last year, and they gave us a Lone Star disc for the curl. You're more than welcome to it. It's never going to fly in my bag. So mm-hmm. I went out and took it, and uh, he actually owns a disc golf course at his house, and he's got a driving range right back there, too. We went back, and I threw it, and it went 530 foot in my first throw with it, not knowing how to throw it. And I was like, holy crap. And we stayed out there for a couple hours, and I hit just over 600 a couple times. And then I went out that day. Uh, I just released uh, two YouTube videos, actually, about my bag and learning some of the discs from uh, one of my merchants that I buy from. And my my uh, secondary sponsor, shout out discdolfcreator.net, haha, <laughs> real quick. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but they helped me get all of these discs other than those two, and the one that you sent me, obviously, like I said, and uh, I went out there and threw that shot with them, and they was like, there's no way that just happened, and then I picked up the this curl, the, the beefier one, and I threw it right next to it, and they was like, holy crap, you did it twice. <laughs> That's awesome. That's a and, great story. Yeah, man, it was amazing. It was crazy. It, it's 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 really crazy to me that playing with the the discs that I used to all of the time and getting stuck loving certain discs and not willing to move from there, it definitely, I can tell now that it could have, if I would have let it, it could have definitely kept me from achieving some goals that I'd never thought, I never thought I would hit 700 or 675 foot ever, yeah, anything yeah. close to that. And it's like, I murdered my distance record by almost a hundred foot by first time throwing the disc. I'm like, come on. So that's one thing that I'm actually very, very, very thankful for, for this opportunity from Lone Star is to have that chance to check out these other discs and develop my game a little bit better. Because at that time seeing now I was definitely holding myself back and I'm from achieving some other goals and from having discs in my bag that I actually probably need. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like I said earlier, like it's nice to have someone on like for that. It's you know, sponsored by Lone Star that can show the disc, what they fly like, because uh, Lone Star is something that we really haven't like um, looked at that much on this podcast. Um, so it's really cool to hear like firsthand, like you've been diving right in, trying to like figure out what you're going to bag. And you're, you're a great person to bring on for this. Um, and I see somebody in the chat brought up. They're a little late to the party and wanted to know what you used before Lone Star. And then what was your go-to driver and what did you transition to uh, to Lone Lone Star? All right. Yeah, that's a great question. So like I said, uh, I said a little bit earlier, but I mainly threw Dismania. Um, I was just breaking into the Latitude world and uh, Legacy also. I really enjoyed Legacy Discs. Um, I picked up Legacy Discs, threw it for about maybe three or four rounds, and I hit two aces with it on... The first hole I threw uh, the ace with was a 380-foot hole. So it was just like, what the heck? Like, why am I, why am I not bagging stuff like this? It's, mm-hmm. it's just because other people bag them and I, that I know, and they over, you know, try and oversell the, 
the items and then they don't play with them very well. So it's just like, oh, well, you're trying to sell something and you can't even throw it good. So why would I want to? But uh, finally, once I got that out of my head and I started trying a lot of other discs, like I said, with Legacy, uh, I ended up throwing um, the Outlaw was one of my big distance drivers. That was one of my max distance drivers I was coming from. But uh, like I said, this Mania was my big distance driver. So I was throwing the CD2, Innova made CD2, Glow CD2, Color Glow was my beast. That thing would just go. That was my distance record before uh, between that and the original swirly S-line DD1s by Innova. Okay. Um, other than that, I would say, like I said, the only real uh, latitude or, yeah, latitude that I broke into distance-wise would have been the Grace and the uh, Northman. And man, that Northman, that one was cruising. If I would have had a little bit more time with that, that one was that one was definitely slowly coming up to my new distance disc. Like it was definitely about to take the CD2 realm because obviously CD2s are no more and so hard to find. Right. They're super hard to find. I got a few like stashed away for a rainy day. Oh so, yeah. Where I'm like, definitely. you know, I'm going to start throwing them again. And, but so I just like, you know, they're used, but they're not like beat to crap. So they're perfect. I'm going to leave them perfect for a bit until I bring them back out. Heck well, yeah, like, that's exactly of- what I've done. Yeah. One of my uh, one of my favorite parts about this podcast and we're bringing new people on is like being able to hear new stories. You know, hear someone's journey through disc golf. You've been playing for four years now. Got sponsored for four years. Your distance records in the six hundreds. Like, what? How did you get into disc golf? And and like, did it start out like just? Did you get the the addiction of disc golf really quickly, or like how did it how did it happen? So in school, I played every sport you can think of. I was literally in 11 sports all year through school. Like I've played, uh, whenever it was, I started, I was in football, basketball, uh, cross country, all at the or football, uh, soccer and bas- cross country all at the same time. Then it would go to basketball and wrestling and track. And then it would go to baseball and men's cheerleading and men's volleyball. And then, you know, cycle back through so forever i was always really active and right outside of high school it's probably about 1920 uh one of my old head friends and he's just a big deadhead freak and he's traveled with the dead for 40 years and he was like hey man buddies and i are we're all grabbing a six-pack and going out and playing disc golf like you guys going out and grabbing a frisbee and playing catch then they're like no 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 it's an actual game like, all right, whatever. Yeah, I'll go drink some beer with you. I picked up, I had uh, actually this disc right back here. Where'd you go? So this is my very first disc ever. This is a 10-year-old, well, probably 20-year-old now, but this is an old ESP Buzz. And this one's actually the coolest die I have, too. It's my family. So I don't know if you'll be able to see it. It's really hard. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You can see it. Oh, but you got That's my awesome. dog, you got my dog right here, and then my two babies and my wife over there. So, this is my very first disc ever. Um, this is all I ever threw, it was just the buzz. And yeah. the first time going out, I threw 330 foot and parked a hole. And the guys that have been played for 20 years are like, What the fuck did you just do? <laughs> I'm like, I, I don't know. You guys just told me to throw it. So, I did. It was like, Man, people don't do that like 
you don't understand. People don't just grab a frisbee disc golf disc and throw it like that. I was like, it, it probably attributes to like all your sports that you played. You know, yeah, and it definitely you know, did. So mm-hmm. I was a sidearm pitcher, and even a lot of my throwing with uh, football was a lot of sidearm. So mm-hmm. having that initial forehand and backhand even just snap on the wrist was a very big help that I it took me two years to understand how I threw things so far and it was finally learning the snap and the spin that I'm putting on the disc is one of the biggest reasons why I'm getting the disc to either stay in the air as long as it is or get the distance that I am because that's one thing I'm learning like big time is the amount of spin that you can put on a putter and give it height the longer it stays in the air like that's what it wants and I don't know why you can listen to me whenever I rip that disc and let go of it, man, you'll hear it. It, My hand literally pops. It's like, (laughs) pow! It makes a little snap noise. They're like, holy crap, dude. You can hear that snapping out of your hand. I'm like, I guess that's where the power comes from. Yeah, definitely some of it for sure. You know, and yeah, you know, there's, there's somebody, uh, actually two people I know that I play with that they come from playing baseball and take them out for like their first times and, then they go do their forehand, and it's like, what? And they just like rocket that thing down the mm-hmm. down the fairway. You know, they got to fine tune, you know, their angles. But the amount of power that they just get out the go from just just playing baseball um, is really really cool to see. And yeah, it gives somebody the drive. Remain with that with that pocket. It's just that that area pocket is. Mm-hmm. I don't know why, but even if you really think about it, if you are to take a bat. They say if you uh, need to ever throw left-handed, act like you're holding your bat, like you're right-handed, and hold your bat. Mm-hmm. And now just release the left hand. I'm like, no way. It's just <laughs> like you're swinging, and just release your left hand. Well, I'm going to try that. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, wait. And they was like, yeah, man, it's just like baseball. Act like you're swinging the bat, and as you let go of that disc, just let go, of, or as you let go of, your stance, just let go of the bat, and your disc will fly like crazy. I'm like, never would have thought of that. That's one big thing uh, I got the opportunity to see on uh, Eagles. Uh, oh, what does he call it? Oh, is you pledge. His, oh, uh, uh, Patreon? Patreon? Yeah, his Patreon. He was releasing some of those some of his little techniques, and he was saying that. He goes, yeah. Whenever I first started learning how to throw left hand, he goes, they just told me to act like I was batting with a bat. I'm like, you're crazy. And uh, one of my buddies, he actually can now, he can't throw a 200 foot, 150 foot even backhand. He'll throw a 500 foot forehand because of baseball. And he's like, yeah, "Yeah, it's all baseball. I'm like, I don't even like you. I don't (laughs) even like you. I played baseball my whole life growing up, literally for like, 15 years I played baseball. I can't do that. I can't. I can throw a good 400 foot, but I can't do no five plus. Heck yeah. Um, one more thing, like we're getting close to like our hour. So there's one more thing I wanted to hear you uh, talk on. You are uh, somebody who loves festivals. I love festivals. Um, EDM, especially, you know, and you go, you've been to that festival. You were telling me about it. It's a disc. You can, disc golf tournament slash edm festival i'd love to to hear some more about that yeah man actually i will definitely shout that out real quick uh my real close friend his name is he goes by the stage name of musai 
he introduced mm-hmm. me to this place called Base Ribbon Pines. It's an EDM festival. Every year they do it in July. And it's a four-day festival. And on the last day, they do a doubles tournament, a disc golf doubles tournament. And uh, my first time ever hearing about it, my buddies had actually came back from the very first year that it happened. And they won the amateur division trophy. And I was like, no way. It was legit and cool and everything. He goes, yeah, our buddy Dan Musai put it on. He was like, oh, heck yeah, we're definitely going next year. So last year, my buddy and I went and we played and would be daggone if we won the amateur division. And uh, But it's called Base Ribbon Pines, and they do it at Blue Ribbon Pines Disc Golf Course in uh, Bethel, Minnesota. And man is it a beautiful course so it's the uh, same course where Gannon Burr hit his first ace okay uh, nice. uh, one where he hit it on I, I can't remember if it was I believe it was tournament but I can't remember if it was a tournament or if it was uh GK Pro skins uh but he was on there playing and the last hole of the freaking round he smashes the ace and what's really cool is that is your warm-up hole that everyone gets to warm up on for the tournament. And it's just so cool seeing everything that you've seen on TV and seeing it played by the pros and seeing it all done. You get the opportunity to do it with one of your best friends and listen to music the whole time. Like you got headphones on like you do now just walking around and you get to listen to every artist that's up on the stages playing their set. So you don't have to miss a set while you're out playing golf, man. But you got oh, cool. uh, four days of com- constant music. Uh, even whenever the noise violation or noise ordinance goes in at 11 o'clock, we do silent disco all night long until we're allowed to turn music back on. And then they just turn it back up on the stage. Um, but you've got disc golf. You've got community there that is it's not something huge like. Uh, electric forest or like Wakan or something really, really big. There's literally like 2000 people max that showed up last year. And it's just a nice tight community of people that just love nature and love each other and love unity and everything that's going around. And all of us love disc golf too. And we just all get together, man, and just have the best time up on the side of a freaking mountain and just, living the dream man for three or four days just go out and play disc golf and some of the most iconic holes that you'll ever see 480 foot dead straight trees lining everywhere all you get is a 10 foot path just like some of these holes you'll never see anywhere else because it's so hard to find the area of property that is this beautiful and has opportunity with growth on it Uh, i believe they have 31 holes out there in total man it's massive place that's awesome well yeah thank you yeah, that's, that's, that's that's super cool I, yeah, no i'm problem, so man. tempted to, to find a way to do it i'm gonna hey. one day it's gonna happen hey man we I, from what they're saying man they're planning on doing it till the end of our time so it'll be plenty of opportunity out there for you brother and we're definitely more than welcome to have you Maybe we can get then, you out there and do a episode of Jammers in the Rough with one of the news crews out there. Right, live on the course. Oh yeah. Uh, I saw somebody wrote in here, um, and you know, you're a spin putter, and you got that snap. And any advice on how to get more spin on the disc, based on your yeah, experience? So, actually, the very first thing that I used to help me start, and I was telling you earlier about it, um, just noticing that where my hand placement was on the disc. So if I'm coming through and I'm starting right here, 
and I realize that my shots are dying 80 to 100 foot out of the air and it's full power with a putter, you know, I'm realizing now that my disc isn't spinning enough. Like, especially if you're giving it to height, it's not dying out because you put it too high. It's dying out because it doesn't have enough rotation. So the one thing I noticed is if you just turn your hand and you start just with your hand turned, it kind of feeds to your brain that you're making yourself put more spin on it even though naturally, whenever you do your full pull through right here, you're going to straighten your wrist back out naturally and release that pull through. But because you have that thought that you're spun there or that your hands there, you're naturally going to flick just a little bit harder with your wrist whenever you release. And I've noticed that's one of the big things is the amount of flick that you can have, but controlled flick out of your hand. That creates your spin, and that also creates your distance, like he was asking. But the big thing that I've noticed, if you take a little rubber band, and it really helped. Uh, I use a, uh, like a stretching rubber band for gym. I take it and put it around my abdomen, and I'll take it right here, and I will just do this. I will just go with my hand closed to my wrist and then just wide open. And you do that. As long as you can stand it and don't hurt yourself, it doesn't hurt and it shouldn't hurt. And if you do start to feel too tight, then go ahead and stop and relax. But all that's going to do is just create your controlled release. But the main thing to maintain focus on is while you're doing that, you don't want to just sit here and do this and over release and over pull because you're also going to hurt yourself at the same time. So you want to make sure that your release is dead straight. So as you do it, you want to make sure your form is with it and you're working it to where you want to be. You don't want to be trying to overstretch because as you do, you're also going to gain muscle memory and want to start finishing here. And if you do that, now your control's gone out the door. Yes, you've gained more spin, but your control's naturally going to want the disc to turn and land on an Anheuser slash roller angle. So the big thing just to do is just maintain this right here, and you work on that last little ump. And whenever you get that last little snap right here, it's like right there and you can start to feel it. If you feel that once you get your full draw through and you release that spin, this will come out a lot more or with a lot more spin. Sorry, you release that disc on that power. It's going to come out on a lot more spin. And it's literally just your wrist angle, um, in my opinion, and in my personal findings that. Just doing this literally got me 30 to 40 foot in a month. And it was really crazy. I never thought I would progress that fast. And it's just, again, creating that muscle memory and getting yourself used to creating that power with your wrist, but not overpowering with your wrist. Because that's also, again, like I said, where you learn to turn over your discs too much that you're putting them on a roller angle as you release. Awesome. Dude, that's uh, really good advice. Uh, look at that. Thank you for the advice. I appreciate it. You're very loved here, John. You're loved here. <laughs> well, no problem, man. I'm glad yeah. I can help anyone. And anytime I can ever give advice, you know, I'm more than welcome to chat with anyone from the guys and from the group. If you guys need to hit me up, uh, my Facebook is always available and always allowed to hit me up for a round. I, I love playing disc golf. <laughs> well, as we come to the end, we usually do our our final thoughts and we'll start with you, John, any final thoughts you have shout out your sponsors again and whatnot. Yeah, man. Uh, again, my 
one of my biggest final thoughts is I really, really, really appreciate you having me on the show, man, and having this opportunity to sit down and have a good chat with you about some amazing disc golf. And I really enjoy the jammers in the rough allowing me on here to shoot some crap and, you know, talk what's up. Uh, yeah. yeah. Again, thanks to uh, both of my sponsors with DiscTrader.net. If you guys are looking for any discs out there, they're an amazingly, amazingly reliable and very fast shipping company. Um, they've got almost any company out there now. They're moving up to a lot of uh, smaller companies even that aren't really out there. So even if you just want to try some new discs of a new company coming out and get your hands on something that you haven't seen before, or haven't had the opportunity to see before because no one carries it, give distrader.net a call, man, and hit them up online, and they definitely uh, can help you out with whatever you're looking for. And then also thanks to uh, Team Lone Star, Team LSD, and uh, Lone Star Discs. I really appreciate everything you guys have given me the opportunity to do with your plastic and with your uh, platform and i can't wait to see how amazing we can make this build and see how amazing this 2023 season can go actually got a big uh b tier coming up on saturday hoping to take down the first damn one takedown so that would be really cool thank you man we get to see how they work in action for real yeah oh you got called out because you said you want to go play with all the guys how about us ladies john will play with anyone doesn't matter <laughs> oh yeah yeah oh yeah even you ladies actually yeah. uh my number one partner at my disc golf lead is a woman and it's because we cannot stop randomly drawing each other oh that's uh, awesome <laughs> we we play so amazingly together actually uh this past week we just played for our three-peat win so three-peat yeah right. well, man, that championship been, love it we've been on been on fire uh we ended up got we finally got dethroned but they finally took it from us by two strokes, but man, it oh, was man. a great time. And again, guys, I really just appreciate you bringing me on here and letting me hang out with you, man. Heck yeah, man. So like uh, for my final thoughts, I want to first thank you for coming on. Like I've known you for a while through the Facebook pages and you're just such a, you're such a good soul. You're a good, you're a good human. And it's been a pleasure you know, learn about a disc that I normally wouldn't hear about a lot, which is, you know, the Lone Star disc. So it's really cool to hear about what they have going on right now, which, which seems like they're going really well for them. Um, since Paige and Cody are not here, um, I'm going to do Paige the favor and let everyone know that champion-level courses are for everyone. Kids, families, go to champion-level level courses and play. Please play in front of Paige. If you see them, get, get a small kids at first time playing. Champion-level courses are for everyone. Um, I want to thank our sponsor for the week, little Soul Crusher. Shout out to Ooh. Manny. We love you, man. Appreciate all, all that you do, all that you do. And with that said, I appreciate everyone for viewing. Thank you again, John, for coming on the show. And keep jamming in the rough. Mm -hmm.